Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to Keeping the Ball on the Ground, the Open Goal podcast with our friends at William Hill. Delighted to say we've pulled it out of the bag again this week. No, it's no Simon Ferry's wife that we've got in. We've oh, pulled in Davy Farrell, the former Hibs and Airdrie top man, and of course on the coaching staff at St Mirren, Dundee, North County, North County, not can I say that? <laughs> not County. Oh my God, I can't even say that. Um, so we're delighted that Davy's made it in. Davy, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm just back for your holiday. Of course, yeah. He's looking at the Back into football again. So it's been been good weekend, an eventful weekend. It certainly has. That just gets us right to our opening topic. We're going to speak about the the games and the the Premiership, particularly Hearts v uh, Celtic. We're going to look at the the discipline issue at Rangers. Is there one, or are things okay in terms of winning games? And also taking a wee look down south as we like to do, looking at the Arsenal Man City game and Unai Emery, the guy in charge now at the Emirates, is the Arsenal job a poison chalice? So stick with us for the next 40 45 minutes, you're going to enjoy it. I'm Mark Goody, and we're going to get wired in Hearts v Celtic. Davey, I know you were through at Tynecastle, Celtic supporter, you follow them whenever you can, all over. Um, first of all, when you heard the team 45 minutes before kick-off, were you surprised at Brendan Rodgers' selection? I was very surprised. Um, the strange thing was I'd actually got a text about 9 o'clock on, um, on Sunday morning when we were just about to head on to the bus Saturday to go through it. Saturday morning? No. Uh, Saturday morning, Aye, sorry. Saturday, Saturday morning. Um, when we were just about to head through to the game um, telling me what the team was. And when I read it, I, I was very, very surprised. I couldn't believe it. I, I sent a message back to the guy and saying... Was I couldn't see. Texture? <laughs> <laughs> it was Boyata's agent, actually. <laughs> but I was very surprised um, when I seen the team. Uh, I, I know in the past, Brendan hasn't arrested too many players when it's came to big games in Europe. He normally goes with his big guns in the league games and makes sure he gets them out of the way. Um, so I was surprised. I, I think it would have made more sense to try and maybe arrest players in another game. You've got Patrick Thistle coming up this week, which is a good opportunity for you to maybe rest of legs of players um, so to go to Tynecastle with five players plus Dembele missing for your starting 11 I thought was a big ask Simon what did you make of it? I just thought Craig Levine would be buzzing with this team he'd have pinned that team up in the dressing room and said we've got every chance of beating this team wee boy Kowasi's not played all year not played for ages the last thing you want is a player I know myself because I've done a play quite a lot Same, similar to me at Dundee you're not playing for weeks and then you get flung into Tynecastle it's hard for the boy, you know. Mm-hmm. Quite a place like Tynecastle where the atmosphere's like that, hearts are on you, he didn't get a minute. Because he's been slaughtered, then you get a bit of sympathy for I do get a bit of sympathy yeah. because I've been in that position before as well. You're not playing, as I say, and you get flung into a game like that and you're expected to go and run the show basically in centre midfield. Um, I'm sure that would have been Craig Levine's team talk. Simonovic as well, no played for a few weeks, and you go against uh, Naismith, the big boy up front, and laugh at you. I mean, it's no easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as I seen the team, I just thought Craig, this was Craig Levine's. Dream. And I thought yeah, Hearts have got a right good chance Johnny Hayes and Griffiths as well Who, yeah, who hadn't played. been playing for a long long time Johnny's obviously been injured And Lee Griffiths is in and out of the game here and there So you're, you're starting a game with four guys That's not really match fit either mm-hmm. As well as being your second choice Like I said if it was a home game against Thistle You'd, you'd take a bit away to Tynecastle 
you know, you know what and flung in there, you didn't. It's been suggested that this was Brendan Rogers' way of sending a message to the board in terms of, you know, you might think that we're strong, but we're no as strong as some people might think. Do you think a manager, the, the managers do that, Faz, under those kind of circumstances? That I was reading too much into it. I would have been very, very surprised if his idea of playing that team was to try and get at the board because the last thing Brendan Rodgers wants is a defeat. Mm-hmm. He obviously knows that taking a chance on the team that he picked, there was an opportunity that it might have ended in a defeat. But I don't think his intention was to try and send a message out to the board. I think his intention was to try and save the players' legs in order to get a good result on Wednesday night. So, um, no, I don't think that was the actual intention. I don't think he was trying to um, give the board a message, although you can easily see why it would be construed like that. Mm-hmm. What did you make? Because it, it did attract a lot of attention. There's been a bit of negativity. Call it what you like. There's, there might be tension behind the scenes. There might just be frustrations in terms of the, the dealings the transfer market so far. What have you read into what he's said in the past week or so? I think that when last week when he came out with a, the statement of um, that he wasn't going to answer the question about his relationship with the board, I think that was a mistake because it allowed people to then speculate mm-hmm. and it created this this whole thing that there has a rift between him and the board. Now I don't think there's any question that there's there's a wee bit of a tension there because they never got the guy that he wanted. You know, John McGinn. Me personally, I wouldn't have gone beyond £2 million for him. But if the manager wanted him, then the board should have made sure they got him because it wasn't as if it was going to cost them £15 million. I don't think there's any doubt there's a wee bit of tension there, but I don't think one or two of Brendan's statements over the last week have helped. What have you made it all, Simon? I think the thing with John McGinn as well is he went and set up two for Villa and got man in the match as well, didn't he, wee meatball? Um, but if you signed John McGinn and you put him in at Tynecastle instead of Kowalski, I think it, it, uh, yeah. Straight away and knows the league, knows Tynecastle, totally different two players, him and Kwasi. Um I think they should have went and got John McGinn. Mm-hmm. Um, it's strange that it's not, it's I, not, it's I, not, it's I can't a, understand uh, why they never got him. That's the thing I don't really get. Mm-hmm. You know, it's two point seven five million pound. It ended up Brendan Rodgers clearly wanted him. So why did Celtic not get him? What's the actual reason behind that? Because nobody's really come out and gave us that information. You know, the board have maybe thought that nobody else is in for him. We'll get him for a song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, the actual day before, and you know what's going on, surely you just go, if the manager wants them, there's the money, there's the wages, deal done. That's what should happen. Somebody like Danny McGrain should come out and tell us why it never happened. <laughs> A big friendly face just coming and explaining why it never happened. I think that would... That's crap for fans, isn't it? You never get to know why it never happened. Yeah. I'd like somebody to come out and say why, why you never got John McGinn. Yeah, well, it's a strange one, and it certainly looks as though it's going to be a loss uh, to Celtic, short, medium, and longer term. Just on the ninety minutes at Tyne Castle, not a great game, but for Hearts, let's give them credit. What a terrific result for them! I think Hearts will be really good this year. I do. I think they could finish third above Aberdeen and Hibs. If you've seen them on Saturday, I love the boy in the middle of the pitch, number five. I've tipped him to finish second in the league, by the way. Oh, have you? Huh? Right. I did hear that last week, actually. Did you? Right, second, okay. Right, well, right I'll go third. Off, I wouldn't right go. Thank you getting a bit carried away there, Matt, but I'll go second. <laughs> uh, third, sorry. Uh, I, like, I love number five. Even when Berry goes off, I thought, right, Hearts could go here, but no. Who do you think is going to be third, then? I don't know, I'm just saying hearts are going to be set. We'll get to that later. <laughs> anyway, I always reserve the right to change my mind up until August the 31st once you know exactly the full time. And then, and then you've got a proper picture of how to call. So this, this is just my this is just my wee feeling at the start. But August 31st... Is Lafferty going to go? Direction. But you see if I was hearts, I would keep him. See him, Naismith and the big boy up front? They're a right hand fully. I, yeah. I mean, I look at the A3 and I think there'll be a lot of teams that can, that can cope with that front three. No. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, to be honest with you, I actually think Celtic coped quite well with the physicality at the weekend. I didn't think it was the physicality that actually lost them the game. I thought it was their play mm-hmm. that lost them the game. They couldn't get any possession, they couldn't get any momentum up in the game. In the first half, Hearts had thrown everything at them with a big guy up front and mm-hmm. Lafferty. And I thought actually Celtic had stood up relatively well to that. It's a horrendous mistake by Simunovic to make the pass into the middle of the pitch in the first place that allows him to then counter and get the goal for the edge of the box. But what an unbelievable finish for for Lafferty. Left foot volley. If if I'm Rangers and I've already bid 200, 250 grand for Lafferty, after watching what he does to Celtic and the way he rails the fans, the way he rails the team, I would be making sure that I sign Kyle Lafferty this week. Yeah, it it becomes like sort of... Celtic's John McGinn, Kyle Lafferty now. Uh-huh. Because Rangers, I've only seen them once this season, but I don't think they have a Kyle Lafferty type in their squad, no. and that would bring them something. I'm not convinced different. that he would actually improve 
their squad because mm-hmm. of the type of player that he is. You know, he's 32, he's probably past his best. He probably reserves his best games of the season for Hearts for against Celtic. But if you're Stephen Gerrard watching that at the weekend, you're thinking, I'm having some of that. Mm-hmm. See, you as a coach, Faz, and obviously as a manager, see, when you go to Tyne Castle and boys haven't played, do you still, would you still ask them to keep playing the way Brendan Rodgers plays? I think you, you, if it's your philosophy, I think if it's your philosophy, you have to try and stick to the way you play. But every philosophy has to have a plan B. Mm-hmm. If it's no working, you have to decide, right, OK, here's how we're going to play the day. I actually think part of the thinking behind Johnny Hayes and Sinclair playing at the weekend was that, mm-hmm. that they were going to try and put the ball in behind and allow them to turn, and with Griffiths playing on the shoulder, because mm-hmm. I think the, the, obviously all the talk about the long grass and all that as well, it might well have been a factor in his, in his team selection. But no, definitely, you, you need to try and stick to your philosophy. But if your philosophy is not going to work, you need to have an understanding of, right, how can we win this game then? Because you can't, I mean, we're going to speak about Arsenal Man City later on. You watch them at the weekend, the way they played. Yeah. You can't keep playing like that when Man City are robbing you the ball 25 yards out yeah. and continually counter-attacking. Eventually you have to go, right, we need to stop this, squeeze out the pitch and kick it along. Because you know Craig Levine had worked on that all week. Go yeah. and press them, get the yeah. ball back off them, high up the pitch and we'll go and, go and break them for there. Listen, we do have a lot of Hearts supporters that, that listen in, so let's look at it, just put a Hearts head on for a moment. If you're Hearts, you're Craig Levine, you don't want to lose... Kyle Laffin, even if Rangers bid five, six, seven hundred thousand pounds, mm-hmm. surely if you're hearts, you've got to say, fair enough, we can't stop you bidding. However, Kyle, come in, bring your agent, sit down, rather than selling you, let's have a go at extending your contract and giving you another year and keeping you here. Definitely, no, just on the football side of things, I know he's a big guy in the dressing room as well, speaking to boys that play there. Um, I think a lot of the younger guys really look up to him. I think he's a good laugh in the dressing room, mm-hmm. keeps the, t- the team spirit up. Uh, and the minute, m- momentum, sorry, they've got at the start of the season, the last thing you want to do is break it. I mean, I think Lafferty's played both games and played well. I, d- I don't see why you don't want to get rid of it. It's not like Hearts are skint, they need the money. I would keep Kyle Lafferty at Hearts if, if I was Craig Levine, definitely. Do you think that's realistic that they can agree a new deal with Faz? At least I go and give it a try? I think it's very difficult. I think if you're Kyle Lafferty and you're a Rangers man and Rangers come calling, it's really difficult to decide, right, OK, I'll just stay at Hearts then. And once the money goes down on the table, Kyle Lafferty hears the money, he'll probably get a wage increase at Rangers as well, I would imagine. No, no, that I would imagine he needs, he needs it too much. Mm-hmm. But if Rangers come calling for Kyle Lafferty, I don't see him staying at Hearts. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens with that one. Just back to the, the game at Tyne Castle. What did you make of the? There was a couple off the ball things. There was Stephen A. Smith. There was Johnny Hayes. There was Scott Brown. And you know, this has been kind of uh-huh. ongoing. That the Stephen A. Smith Scott Brown ones uh-huh. carried on from from last season. Great to watch. It just shows you know neither I'm holding back. I've flung better the way again. I thought you were there too. <laughs> nah, see what I'd this review. I've just seen you two going toe to toe with you two. Shit myself, absolutely shit myself. <laughs> I hate all this review and I thought, who cares, man? It's a man's game, isn't it? Oh, sorry, isn't it? Um, nah, it's games but, changed. Do you know what I mean? It's, see, when you actually see the incident with the wee kick, now, oh, who cares? That happens all, every week. Just get on with it. I, I hate this review panel on it. I really do. I think they've set a dangerous precedent last week. Morelos. Morelos, uh, uh-huh. I think it was inevitable. I didn't think it would happen so soon. But I think it was inevitable when you allow somebody else to kick another player off the ball mm-hmm. that you're then given a really, really grey area, even more scope for, for making really dodgy decisions because at the weekend, Naismith's one is it's a wee push, wee studs in, in the guy's arse. But the way he actually goes about the whole thing, the aggression in his face and all the rest of it, some referees would have given the red card there and then when he seen that. It might have then been overturned. Mm-hmm. And then Scott Brown, because Naismith is running about kicking people and gets a wee, a wee late one, it looks like, and I'm not saying this is what was in Bruni's head, but it looks like he's given him a wee bit of retribution. Mm-hmm. He sees him coming, he flails his arm and he catches him in the, in the chin. I don't think it was an elbow, actually. I think it was probably a yellow card when you actually look at it. Mm-hmm. But you're, an, you're giving people the opportunity now to kick, strike, hit off the ball because of the decision that's been made in the first game of the season. But it is, as much as it's down to a referee's interpretation, because it, it's not fact, it's not a matter of fact, then there is a clear statement in the rule in terms of excessive force and brutality, in terms of you know, there's a petulant kick and a kick out, and then there's actually granty leather somebody, uh-huh. and it's up to the referee to, di- to differentiate. So there's a kick, and then there's, there's a kick. And I think it's a good thing that certain kicks are only a yellow, because you want to try and keep... 
everyone's, everyone's differentiation of excessive force is different, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh-huh. what I'm saying. Uh-huh. It, uh-huh. it can't be factual. Fact it's down to yeah. the interpretation of a referee. And if you do get a red, as has happened with Alfredo Morelos, and you challenge it, it's then up to the one. And I think it was the right decision when you actually look at the rules and you start what you said, and then you look at the Morelos incident and you've got the benefit of seeing it three or four times. I think a yellow card was the right decision. I think unless it's something completely out of order, you think, oh my God, that, and it's, it's a yellow card. Huh? Yeah. Unless, as I say, if it's an elbow, bang. Mm-hmm. then let the boys get on with it booking and get on with the game definitely exactly do you think though as you said though Faz it, it does open the door to more guys that they'll, they'll, as footballers do and quite rightly so in the push heat of the, the moment they'll, yeah. they'll push it to the boundaries yeah. won't they I definitely, the boundaries. definitely I think it is I think it's opened the floodgates I think you're allowing people now to I mean I was <laughs> who am I to talk you know, I, I built my game on that kind of thing mm-hmm. kicking people and being aggressive and Tell us a few, give us a couple of examples. Who just smash? Who just smash? What ones come to mind? Um, my favourite one was probably in the League Cup final. Um, we were playing against Rangers at Celtic Park. We were 2 1 doing it, was late in the game. Mark Hartley came out for the edge of the box and he overran it a wee bit, but it gave me the opportunity to come in and go right through him. But in the days, you, you could go right through somebody. See, as long as you played the ball, mm-hmm. you could play the ball, go right through, play the man, take the whole lot and get up and shake hands, touch each other, doing. But I, I managed to just catch the, the top end of the ball. Rolled over it, caught him in the ankle, the knee, the hip, the shoulder and the cheek, <laughs> <laughs> all the way up. And as I got back up, I was out that side a wee bit and I seen Walter Smith and Archie and the two of them came running out the dugout and they were standing in the edge and it was only the, the, the linesman that managed to keep them back and they were screaming, you Farrell, you Farrell, you're always the fucking same Farrell, you'll never change. <laughs> so they two are screaming. So a couple of minutes later, imagine Walter and Archie get off of me. <laughs> a couple of minutes later and it's injury time. And the ball goes to the back post, and Big Hatley goes to jump to heed it, and he can't get anywhere near it, and it goes out for a goal kick. And Costa turns and shouts to him and says, What are you doing, big man? And he went, I could see four balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Ah, <laughs> uh, brilliant. Did you swap jerseys after the game? Did I don't, you no, your jersey? I don't think so, no. I don't think so. <laughs> what about for you, Si? What about, did you not smash the St. Mern chairman there? <laughs> is that why we get the sack? <laughs> no, can, can, can I just clarify that that's not true? <laughs> Aye, well, well, that's def- that's for another day. We'll keep, keep that one for the, the second book, Faz. Um, just on that, then, we're looking at Hearts Celtic Hearts, top of the league. You're looking at Rangers, four points, Aberdeen, four points, Hibs, four points. We've maybe been saying it for a few years and it's never quite materialised with all respect to Aberdeen, the mm-hmm. fact that they finished fourth, they finished second four years in a trot. But do we have a proper title race in our hands this season? And I know we're only two games I in. I think but so, huh? I think Celtic and Rangers will go for the title, the two of them. Yep. I think it'll be quite you close. He's going right into the split and going to the wire. Yeah, and I think that Hibs, Hearts and uh, Aberdeen will finish miles ahead of the rest as well. I think the top five will really push away for the rest of the pack this year. I think mm. they're really strong. The great signing for Aberdeen the other day, the boy from Man United as well. Is it James, James Wilson? Wilson? Great. Yeah. Seen him at Brighton when he was unknown, good player. Um, Hibs, I watched Hibs, I know they drew with St Johnson, but they battered them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aberdeen again, without having the strongest squad, comfortably beat Dundee. Um, so I can see the A5 really pushing away for the rest of the pack. I think that's one of the reasons why we probably will have some sort of a title race this year because when I come away from Tynecastle on Saturday, I'm thinking Tynecastle, Pataudry, Easter Road and Ibrox, they're going to be four really, really mm-hmm. difficult places to go this year to get points for all of the top mm-hmm. five. You think so that's, you go there twice, that's 24 points, mm-hmm. as you say. It's going to make it very rounds. difficult. Yeah. It's going to make, I, don't th- I don't think Celtic's going to run away with it. I still think they're going to be strong enough to, to win the title at the end of the season. I think Rangers are certainly looking stronger at the moment and they look as if they're going to put some sort of challenge up. But as I say, it's going to be down to going, down, going to their places and being mm-hmm. able to grind out results because if you have any more results like Tynecastle on Saturday, you could end up with four or five teams up there yeah. towards the end of that time when it comes to the split to see how it's going because you can't afford to lose too many games. Mm-hmm. It's just, if we put neutral heads on as, as football supporters and... and Guys like yourselves involved in the game, coaching, you're still playing, Simon. No the Scottish football <laughs> that, at the top flight. Do we need a title race? Do we need somebody to take Celtic to the wire? Uh, definitely. I love when it's tight and then these big games like Faz is talking about, they mean something, you know. It's like the real buzz about the games. I love that. There's nothing worse than watching a game at the end of the season and there's nothing to play for. 
Um, so the big games will be brilliant to watch. I can't wait for it. I, I hope it does go tight. As I say, I think, same as Faz, I think Seattle will end up winning it because of the size and quality of their squad. But I think it'll go right to the wire. And these big games will decide it this season, which when, could, when was the last time you could say that? Well, you think, I mean, just off the top of my head, in, in, in the past less than 20 years, the past 15 years, 2003, 2005, 2008, um, you know, we've, we've had some real ding-dongs that have gone to the pretty much the last day and you can't beat it no. oh there's no doubt for, for the viewing public for the the general supporter in Scotland they want to see uh, they want to see a challenge they want to see a, the games going right to the wire they want to see the season going right to the end um, but if you ask Celtic supporters it's not what they want no. <laughs> they want to just keep winning the league easy every year you know and that's the thing it's a, it's a purely selfish thing mm-hmm. um, but for the sake of Scottish football obviously everybody wants to see a title race that runs to the end OK, Rangers, um, another victory for them there, the first in the league, but on the back of the European results, beating St Mirren 2-0 at Ibrox, but again, one of the, the, the things that's been highlighted is down to 10 men again in the back of Alfredo Morelles' red card, albeit it was overturned, but you look at it and you see Rob Mc, Young at McCrory getting a straight red as well. Is it a concern or is it just a wee bit of a nah, I don't think that's sending off a discipline thing. I mean, the boys... Got caught the wrong side. Yeah, he's, got, and he's, he's just trying to get the ball. Uh, if it's a sending off, I'm not too sure. There's boys running back, but he has got a clear shot on goal if he doesn't bring him down. Uh, but it's not a discipline thing. Um, big, again, with the rules, I think, had that been inside the box to get the penalty, there'd have been a yellow, yellow card. Uh, so again, it's the rules yeah. that, that, that come into play there. You need, you need to try and drop him outside the box. That's, yeah. that's, that's basically <laughs> uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you'd rather chop him inside the box if you're not going to get sent off, wouldn't you? Uh, sorry, inside uh, the box. Inside that's the, the box. Inside yeah, the, the box. Right. 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 The thing yeah. is, so, uh, the big boy McCrory, I like him as a football player, but I don't yeah. think he's a centre half. I don't yeah. know. I don't think he's a centre midfield. I think he'll end, eventually end up playing full back. Speaking to a few boys who signed for us this year, it was at Airworm on loan, uh-huh. and they played him right back, and that's where they thought he would play. Just at centre half, I think he switches off a bit, but he's still only young. But for very similar reasons, I think I'd actually think he won't end up being a Rangers first team player. Really, right? Aye. I'm not convinced that he's the centre half that you spoke about. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that he's a midfield player because I don't think he can manipulate touches, the ball yeah. well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not going to oust people like Tavernier for right back or John Flanagan for right back. So I think he could end up struggling to get again. But that said, though, I'm, I'm not getting his age in front of me, but I think he's, what, 18? 19? 19, uh-huh. So I mean, he's still got time. And I think, to be fair, Stephen Gerrard, in one of his very first interviews, I brought me. He used a very telling word. They said that previous regimes had played him at centre half, and that threatened to destroy mm-hmm. the boy's career. So clearly, he sees it as well. He's certainly not a centre half. It no. might not be that holding midfielder, but you're right. Maybe he could say, "Well, it could be a, a right back." But I think a boy of that quality that mm-hmm. comes through the academy. I'm not saying you, you've got to play him just because he's come through, but surely you try and work that wee bit harder to, to let one of your own it could be part involved, of the problem you know? though that because he has come through the academy and they're desperate for somebody to be yeah. the name the guy that's came through that they do push him and they do try and make sure that he becomes that Rangers yeah. first team player when he might not quite be up to it mm-hmm. the thing is you say he's 19 but Katic is a 21 he's not made a mistake in six games mm-hmm. you know and then McCrory's played one and he's sent off yeah. so the age thing doesn't really come in it for me I, I, I don't know no, no, because Cat- 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 <laughs> Come on, no, I, I, I like him as a football Scotsman. player. I think he's a, no, I think he's a good football player. I do, but as I say, I don't think he's a centre half. That's my only point. What do you think the, when you're when you're playing and you you're, you end up down to ten men? You know, whether a, you think it's a bit of stupidity from Morelos in the first game. You look at McCrory, maybe young and experienced. But how how do you feel? You think, oh, here we go. There's nothing. You know, 60, 70, 80 minutes to go. You know, we went to Ibrox with Peterhead. I told you to a couple of years ago, and we. Ginger Traveller uh, Blockley got sent off after 17 minutes it was like the Alamo when I had 11 you'd have seen it when I had 10 fucking camped in my boxer if you the 73 minutes it's the worst you're raging and I, see half time we gave him it big time because there's nothing worse I mean you can go about smash but, but at the end of the day you've left your, the boys out to dry we did the same at Tanadice Dundee Derby I mean I was bad enough for 11 players on the pitch at Dundee and then Greg Stewart got sent off for a stupid handball or something 10 men at Tanadice had an absolute shocker how would you feel as far as in or have you been in that situation as a, as a coach? Um, aye, I've been in that situation. It's, it's extremely difficult and you feel, the biggest thing about it is it's when somebody does something stupid. Uh-huh. You know, you feel, what, what's actually going through their head at that point? Regardless of the scoreline in the game when you do something really, really stupid. i done it at Montrose in the Scottish Cup game. We were 2-0 up, cruising and, and absolutely cruising. And I, I, I made a stupid, stupid tackle in the middle of the pitch. Are you hibs at this point? Hibs at this point, aye. We were cruising 2-0, uh, like third round of the Scottish Cup or something like that. 
And I thought, what, was, what were you doing? You know, mm. what were you doing? Why did you even do anything like that? And it was just a mental thing. I didn't who's even your, intend. Who's your gaffer, Alec Miller? I went nuts. Uh-huh. Went absolutely nuts. Find me a week's wages and all that. Uh-huh. I mean, we won 2 now. We cruised uh-huh. the game. But that, that's what I was going to say. It's slightly different if you're the opposition at Celtic Park or Ibrox and you go down to 10 men. Uh-huh. Rangers being 2 0 up on, on Sunday against St Mirren going down to um, 10 men. By all accounts, they were relatively comfortable. They, they just went 4 4 1. Yeah. And, and showed that up mm-hmm. you know it's a wee bit different to being 2-0 doing it at Ibrox and going down to 10 men and then all of a sudden it is the Alamo yeah. and there, there's, there's nothing you can say there's nothing you can do it's just it's the most stupid the most demeaning the most you just can't understand it and it makes it so so difficult, we, so played difficult. A, we played a semi-final against Charlton League 1 uh, and we were 2-1 up for the first leg and you know big Gordon Greer uh-huh. biggest gentleman you'll ever meet off the pitch see when he gets on the pitch he's a screwball man honestly right so we're 2-1 up cruising they, they, I think we're about 30 minutes into the game they've not had a shot and goal we've, it's a no, kind of a nothing game the ball bounces in the middle of the pitch and I just see the big man's fucking face scrunch up and I think oh no boot boots Dion Burton right in the chest in the middle of the pitch nothing happening right through him nearly took his throat off red card I mean 2-1 up your captain and at half time you're like, I'm Gordy, what, what are you thinking, big man? He's like, I can't even remember it happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's like. Sometimes you actually can't you explain. We won a hundred penalties. Sometimes you can't explain how you've done something like that. It's not necessarily the red no. list because we were 2-0 up and uh-huh. we cruising. There was no danger. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I thought the guy was going to do me. I mean, he overran the ball, but I thought he was going to smash me. And I thought, I'm protecting myself here. And I've done him, which is then meant I've got sent off. And you're thinking, what are you doing? What are you doing? But it is screwballs at that. If I's a screwball, Gordy's a screwball. <laughs> We've got Rory McAllister at Peter Ned, I'll tell you this story as well. He's a screwball. Is he the Scotland call up yet? No. 100 goals he got at the weekend. Good on him. Doesn't well done, Rory. Was that uh, two seasons? <laughs> <laughs> right, so we were playing, it was about two years ago. We were uh, last game of the season. We were second and Air were third. If we beat Air that day, we'd finish second in the league and we got the better draw for the away leg in the playoffs because we're going to play each other in the playoffs. So Rory was, I think, Rory, we got a penalty the first five minutes. Rory missed a penalty and straight away I'm thinking his head's gone, man. His head's gone. Three three minutes later, eight minutes into the game, Peter Murphy nips him and Rory goes, bang. Elbow, red card. <laughs> Air beat us 4 0 and he missed the two playoffs games. We got Murph's beat 6 1 over two legs in the playoffs. Murph just sucked and him right in, didn't he? Murph just sucked him right in. I remember you actually talking about that at the time when we were off. And there was a big barn at half time, I slaughtered him. I hope, I hope you told him he's face and just telling us behind his back. I never, sorry, mate. Anyway, just getting back to Rangers, you mentioned. Training <laughs> interesting. Uh, Rory Scott Brown and Stephen Nason are going to let him, ain't they? You mentioned Catics there, and you've been pressing considering he's 21 and, and uh, he's just arrived in Scotland. He's got the partnership with Goldson, £5 million partnership, and I think that's something that everybody. That we all identified that Rangers had been needing to strengthen from the time that Mark Walburton got Rangers up from the Championship into the top flight, and it looks as though at the moment there's there's something there with Alan McGregor behind him. You've got to credit Stephen Gerrard for that. Oh, there's no doubt he's added physicality. There's there's no question about it. I think it's obviously something that's been identified clearly 
they needed a bit of height, they needed a bit of presence, but not just in the in the two centre backs. You look at the boy Koulibaly oh, yeah, as well. Yeah. He's got good legs, he's got good height, and I'm and I'm thinking somebody like Lafferty is the guy that they're now looking to bring in up front because they realise they need a wee bit of physicality up front. Mm-hmm. Although Morelos can put himself about a wee bit. Um, although he's quite good at doing it off the ball right enough <laughs> but they've clearly identified that physicality side of it and there's no doubt they've got a wee bit more about them and the two of them are a threat in the box at the other end as well aren't they What's that the both goals that hit the, the post, post again the, and they're yeah. down to 10 the only thing I would say about the both of them though is I don't think they've been particularly tested yet no. yeah. there was there was 20 minutes in the Maribor game last week where they looked a wee bit ropey because at that point Maribor created three or four chances McGregor's had a couple of really yeah. really good saves so We'll reserve judgment whilst they look a lot better and a lot more physical. We'll reserve judgment at the moment until they're really tested. Well, that's what I was just going to, going to get to. Where where are they just now compared to where they were six months ago? Oh, Rangers? It looks it looks night and day. Miles ahead, uh-huh. I mean, when you see this, you just think, what were they thinking? <clears throat> appointing Pedro Casina? Mm-hmm. What were they actually thinking? You know, um, a guy like Gerard, and he's just brought in standards, isn't he? He's changed the mentality completely. Gary McAllister as well, and they just mentally they look a totally different team. Last year they looked like you can blow them and they'd fall over Rangers, you know. But now, as I say, that real sturdiness, organised, and it's just mad how much organisation helps, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Just getting a team organised, how, how how much that helps, and then it breeds confidence. You keep clean sheets, then you can start playing a bit more. The and players start believing uh-huh. in what you do as a coach. Mm-hmm. You get some results, and you get a wee bit of momentum that builds, and all of a sudden everybody buys into it. Everybody starts to believe it. They go into training every day thinking this is going to be good. This is going to be great fun. They're enjoying their training sessions. They're enjoying the organisation party, which mm-hmm. is a difficult part mm-hmm. to get across to players without boring them. Mm-hmm. You know, when you need to go through certain aspects of shape and things like that, well, they don't find it particularly stimulating, but they actually recognise they need to do it. If you can get the secret to that, where it then works on the pitch and people know exactly where it is they're going to be at a certain time in a game, they start to trust everything. They trust you, they trust the players, they trust what's actually happening on the pitch and off the pitch. And there's no doubt that, that Gerard's got some of that going, absolutely no doubt. You see Rangers, Davy, having the, the ability, and obviously it's hard to judge because we've got three weeks of chance for one day to go, but at the moment you see Rangers having the ability to really do something this season, whether it's win a cup or win, or win the league. At the moment it looks like they're certainly going to put a challenge in for the league. So if they're going to be challenging for the league, then I, I would expect them to be there in the latter stages of the Cups as well. And if that's the case, they must be thinking we've got a real chance of winning something this year. I think I'll say, if they didn't get Lafferty in though and Morelos gets injured, we've said it before, who plays up front? That, yeah. that could be a problem, you know. Um, or if Morelos hits a bit of bad form, who who, who comes in? Who's, who's challenging for his place? They certainly need to go. I mean, we were talking about this last week, about you know Aberdeen need a number nine uh-huh. as well. They've added James uh, Wilson to, to, their, to their squad the other day from Man United and loan, but certainly Rangers, if he's all, if Steven Gerrard's only allowed one more sign, he'd like to think it's got to be somebody at a number nine. Isn't it? it looks like it. It looks like it'll need to be somebody. But again, if you look at the two centre backs, who comes in if mm-hmm. one of those two get injured? So mm-hmm. there's a there's a dilemma there. They might have to get somebody out in order to get a striker and a centre back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, obviously they've they've, they've lost um, Josh Windass and uh, Declan. John, whether that's money that comes in to help balance the books of what's already gone out because there's been a fortune spent at the club in the past uh, three windows, or is that maybe a wee bit of ammunition should they need to go and do something about those two positions? I would have thought that with the money they've already spent, um, that that's the sort of a money that you would be thinking would be starting to balance things up. Mm-hmm. You know, they, mm-hmm. I, I don't know whether they're at their limit at the moment. It seems as though they're okay for another player which would then lead you to think that they might need to get somebody out to get some money in in order to get another one in. Did they, offer, did they not offer Lee Wallace for Lafferty as well? Was that yeah, appears that, that, that appears to have been a shout. Obviously, his wages are a stumbling block at the moment, but maybe that is the best option for Rangers of getting that deal over the line Why is to not, involve uh, Lee Wallace in some <coughs> capacity in yeah, the move. Yeah. Which, in, in Hearts, I think... It's still going to cost them money, though, isn't it? Yeah. If Lee Wallace gets... That contract to go, mm-hmm. that's still going to cost them money. I wouldn't say that's going to balance the books in any way. Mm-hmm. What about Celtic? Just to get back to them, they are the champions are trying to do eight in a row this season. If Rangers or Hearts or Hibs or Aberdeen are to win a title this season, how much will that be down to the fact that Celtic are regressing and dropping the standards of the past two seasons, which Celtic won't want to do, being in the driving seat? I think Celtic will get a, bit, a, a big player in before the end of the window. I think they need to. I uh, think they'll sign two or three before uh, the end of the window. I think so. I think Brendan Rodgers will demand it. I think by the end of the window they'll be a lot stronger. Key areas are that you 
Well, centre half's obviously a key area, particularly with the Boyata situation. Um, On that, David, what, what do you make of that? Just very briefly, in terms of Boyata and, and the whole down in tools or no down in tools, or can you see his frustration in terms of if it's right that Celtic not back nine ten million quid bid for him and he was on fifty G's a week? To I, go I to think go? it's absolutely disgusting what's mm-hmm. come in the papers in the last couple of days. To be honest with you, um, an agent banging down the door of the manager to try and get in and see him while they're having a training session at Lennox Town, which is apparently what happened. Wow. The guy standing on the side of the pitch wanting a meeting with Brendan Rodgers was told you need to wait until after and I'll see you after training by that time he went back and the guy had gone yeah. do you think Brendan so, thought he was just there to get a selfie with him as well you know, <laughs> Brendan but it's off. disgraceful <laughs> I, mean, the, 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 I see the paper um, Deirdre Boyata is now coming out saying that he is injured and I think that comes from the fact that the, the, the agent is the guy who's initially put all this out there yeah. saying that Deirdre won't play at 95% this year he's not going to play until January 1st where he's just going to sign and go out the door I'm sorry if that's the case on you go big man mm-hmm. you know find him the now for, for what he's doing if he's no fit then you've got to find him for no playing for no being fit and then sell him as soon as you possibly can when, uh, before the window shuts bang out orders he's been Bertie big bollocks since the World Cup hasn't he played mm-hmm. three games in the group stages Yeah, his agents filled his head with all sorts I would just take 12 million quid from him for straight away you don't want to get out that about your place because no. It only brings it. the rest of the squad down, doesn't it? And that's one thing Brendan Rodgers doesn't like is a, a bad egg in his in his squad, you know. I and do you think you know, if anybody had said to you a year ago you'll get ten million quid for, for Dedrick Boyata? I know. Well goodness, that's the thing, he, you know? he obviously quickly forgets that Celtic took him for Man City's reserves. Talking about Man City, that brings us nicely to our final part of the programme. I hope you're enjoying it. We're on Good the Open Goal podcast. I love that link. I've linked it to the start. I've linked it to the middle. What's the thing you ever linked to when you played? I couldn't link a play up when I played, so I may as well do it now. If only I had an opinion, I'd have the full package. And it's great. We're on the Open Goal podcast, keeping the ball on the ground with our friends at William Hill. I'm Mark Goody. Delighted to say, joined by our very own Simon Ferry and our special guest this week is... Davy Farrell, we're into the last 15 minutes of the programme, let's go down south, as we always do Arsenal Man City, they eventually get rid of Arsene Wenger, 22 years, he's out the door, they bring in Unai Emery with terrific Sevilla and Paris Saint-Germain, but on Sunday and I know they're playing the champions and Man City are exceptional, however, were Arsenal not a big disappointment on Sunday? Uh, I couldn't believe it, when I seen the starting 11 similar to Celtic, I couldn't believe it the young boy playing in the middle of the pitch, although he'd done all right, and then couldn't have believed even more when I thought, when I seen them starting to play. Peter Cech <laughs> kicking the ball across his six yard, but what about that one? the he big man's a great goalie, but he's not incredible. he's not a playmaker. Incredible. It's frightening, <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's got gloves on for a reason, let him kick the ball up the pitch. Uh, and it baffled me, it was Man City's dream, wasn't it, to play against, that, that, that's exactly what Man City wanted. What is it, on that Peter Cech thing, and countless other instances in that game, and what is it, Faz, and go back to your day 20, 25 years ago, what is wrong with just when it, you have to do it? What is wrong with Rose Edinburgh? I think part of the problem is that, see, over the last few years, you've managed to have teams like Barcelona and Man, um, Manchester City who have played this total football way, where they've took it at the back, took it and played into the middle and back again and back out, and the goalkeeper can play lovely passes. But I think people need to recognise that those teams are playing with the best players in the world. So they're able to take the ball in these tight situations and get out of it. For us in Scotland, it's great to teach the kids how to play that way because it learns them good technique, it learns them about taking the ball under pressure. But it doesn't learn them about what do you do when it breaks down. It doesn't learn them about, OK, you're all of a sudden getting faced up by a guy two yards away from you. And the guy who's supposed to be shown for you right back, who's a World Cup player, isn't he a World Cup player? Mm-hmm. He's a wee guy that plays for Dennis and Waverley. He doesn't want it. So you then just have to decide, roll it back, get it up the pitch and get squeezed up and then play for there. There's, there's, there's different ways of playing. Unless you've got top, top players at your level, then you're, it's impossible to play that way through a game, the whole game, all the time. You and it's the only reason why Man City can do it. Uh-huh. You play with what you've got. I mean, if Emery wanted to play like that, go and get a goalie that can do that. See if you've see if, if pre-season you first came and think, I want to play this way, go and get a goalie that can do that. Because Peter can Leno on the bench that they paid five, six million quid from a from a German. But what's we, again you're looking at the, the technical area and you see Steve Bold there, who was part of Wenger's uh-huh. regime for the past five, six years as well. 
you and I, Emily, see maybe just not realise the size of the task involved at that club. I, I honestly think after watching that game on Sunday that if he doesn't change the way they play, his days are numbered already. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I, I couldn't believe what they were doing on Sunday. And you actually heard the crowd after about 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. They were they were anxious, they were mm-hmm. really, really anxious because they kept getting robbed 25 yards out. And then Czech almost puts one in his own, his own net for four yards. Mm-hmm. And then the next time they get it, Man City pressed high. Czech put the ball down and clipped the ball up to the halfway line and the crowd gave one of those ironic oh, way mm-hmm. and a cheer and, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, Poof, mm-hmm. he's under pressure. But you're saying Rose Edit, you don't need to Rose Edit. See Ederson when they're getting pressed, he doesn't he just zings it into it's a long chest. Pass. It's, it's a, a long, long pass. pass. Mm-hmm. But Arsenal just didn't seem to have that. It was crazy to watch, wasn't it? It right. really was. Well, I, Veng- I mean there's no doubt Wenger had to go at the time he went, there's no question about that. But it's massive shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. Massive shoes to fill. And I don't think if you're if you're in Iemni you need to bring that kind of pressure on yourself by putting yourself under that much pressure in a game the way they did on Sunday against the champions. But you mm-hmm. look at some of the players, for me, and watched them over a couple of years and some of the guys that have lasted, and they just look like... Chancers, P-Hearts, a total comfort zone at that club. I uh, thought Ozil was terrible again at the weekend. His mentality shock. I thought he was terrible. But again, you look, I look at that Arsenal team, I never even knew half of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was names in there, and I'm thinking, who's he? Where's he come from? Mm-hmm. Who did they get him from? The guy in the middle of the park, the guy with the long hair. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a player. I've mm-hmm. seen him in some pre-season games, and he's great ability. Loves to pass the ball, but he's going to need a lot more help running about him than what he got at the weekend. Mm-hmm. What did he- you make? What did you make of Man City as well? Because as much as Arsenal disappointed, is Man City are just so special. Aren't they? That's what I love about Man City. Top players, but they run. They work yeah. so work hard. Up. And then you see a guy like Ozil, he gives the ball away and walks. Yeah. See, De Bruyne gives the ball away. Straight away, four or five of them are going to get it back. Arsenal give the ball away and just fling their hands up and blame yeah. somebody else, which I hate to see. They were brownie the weekend, Man City. Because was it Mendy at left back? Is it, uh, yeah, the sign that was injured? He is a machine. He is a machine. He is top drawer, isn't he? We get that in Kyle Walker at right back, ain't yeah. you? What about him over Latin? Run all day long. Mm-hmm. Run all day long. And that's an attacking sense and a defensive sense. You look, Just what Simon was saying, if you look at Kyle Walker when he gets forward to put a cross in. He actually doesn't even look to see where the cross goes half the time, mm-hmm. and he's already turned and he's chasing right back, back to the halfway line. Mm-hmm. Incredible his attitude. But they they were brilliant on Sunday because not only did they play really really well, really good football. See that the market top team, they actually look as if they were playing within themselves. Mm-hmm. You know they're, they're kind of conserving energy yeah. and coaxing their way through a game whilst knowing that at any point they were going to score and going to win the game. You talked about the, the fullback. So the thing that always strikes me about Man City. You, from last season this season you watch match the day on a Saturday night and the amount of goals that they score when it's overlapping fullbacks or Silva or Sterling getting into a wide area that they just roll along the six it's yard box uh-huh. you know it's never high balls in. it's like narrow crosses that are just rolled into that area and the amount but of goals no, they score for them that's no um, coincidence no, no, that's that's they also on. they work on uh, it that'll be from somebody coming from that wide area who moves into the pitch and receives the ball and that allows Walker to go on the outside or Mendy to go on the outside or a striker coming off and dragging a defender out that allows a midfield player to go beyond that's all down to how they play but it's, it's an amazing philosophy mm-hmm. but Five hundred million pound allows you to buy that as well. By it? the way, De Bruyne, <laughs> De Bruyne on the bench, Sani on the bench, and David David Silva never aye, played either. Aye. Scary. What about Man City? The team to beat again oh, this season. Oh, they'll win it. I know. Can Liverpool are they the, the look the most likely to, to mount a challenge? Liverpool are a team that always beat them, didn't they? I think Klopp's style kind of suits playing against Man City over a. 40 whatever game season it is I don't think they'll I think they'll get close but I don't think Man City will win it I Liverpool were a bit Arsenalish last year weren't they where they, they you know they could beat Man City but then you would go to Stoke and maybe stumble or mm-hmm. go to their games mm-hmm. where you think they were going to go and romp it and all of a sudden somebody would nick a point or they wouldn't quite get over the line I'm not convinced they can get close enough to Man City I'm really not Is this a real test is this like a real pivotal season for Jurgen Klopp in terms of he has to deliver something to the club or do you think he's just one of these guys that like, like, could become a Wenger and stay there as long as he wants even if he's not getting silverware I think the fans absolutely love him didn't they his passion the way they play I, I mean Liverpool are great to watch um, but there has got to be a time when you're spending that sort of money there's got to be a time where you need a challenge but even what Mourinho said last year as well it's so hard because Man City are so good I think any other season other than since Guardiola's came in that Liverpool team would win the English Premiership I think Guardiola's got Man City so good that it's harsh to ask somebody to go and mm. win the league over them. They're that good. They're just so good. How good is 
Guardiola. I mean, you did mention the fee, uh, the figure, you know, around about five hundred million pound budget. But apart from that, he is or, or is he an exceptional manager? Apart from oh, the, there's the no question. There's no question. If you look at his record, you know, he's done it at Bayern Munich. He's done it at Barcelona. He's done it at Man City. Um, I watched a documentary on him a couple of weeks ago, and it was phenomenal. You, you watch him on Sky. He, he done a guest half hour on Sky where they analysed some of their games last season, season. Yeah, yeah. phenomenal I mean his passion and how he talks about things and even when you see him in a, in a dressing room situation it was like watching one of your old managers at Albion Rovers in the dressing room you know the same kind of passion the passion, same screaming yeah. the same shouting you know it didn't make any difference the fact that these guys are all earning £100,000 £200,000 a week doesn't, doesn't matter to him he's a winner he's an unbelievable mind in terms of football management, incredible. Is he the kind of guy that if our young Scottish managers and coaches had the opportunity that he's the guy that you want to go down and, and, and shadow for a few days first? That would be amazing. That would be incredible. I mean, I think to be able to, to go and see the sort of things that he does is is, is absolutely incredible. But as, as I say, you'd go down there and you would see all the trappings and you would see all the you know the five star hotel stuff and everything else that's going on down there. But I think when you got him out on the training pitch it would be like watching an absolute master at work mm-hmm. but but doing all the same kind of stuff as everybody else does but you would just get the feeling that this guy's something special I've heard him speak before and he says for all the tactics and the genius and all that he says the one thing he demands is hard work mm-hmm. and you can see that's what I say but when they lose the ball it's, it's no rocket science they just run and get it back as I say top players at Arsenal done it, it and that's the difference he can get these top players to, to work Really hard. Yeah. France were the same in the World Cup. When you see him like on that Sky program that you're talking about, he gets interviewed. They come across a, a lovely guy. He's very pleasant on the eye. Oh, and he's got that. He's, he's very humble, isn't he? It's a bit like Faz in You can see that. <laughs> I've, the, I've, the had that I've had that Fazin comparison. I've had that comparison made just before. There. It's me, Pep Guardiola, and Jason Statham. That's ah, it. Actually, you can see that. He's fourth. You see that, as you said there. Simon, as much as he's good and he's upset with you know, I think he's the kind of guy that you step out of line and you'll not be there for long. Uh-huh. He was another one as well. I heard another one of his press comments. He said, It doesn't matter whether you're Vincent Company or Phil Foden at my club, you're, you're either doing well or you're not. And if you're a big name and you're not doing well, you didn't play. And I, I love that. You know, I don't know, I always talk about him, but the Canio had that. It didn't matter if you were a 17 year old youth team boy playing with the first team or you were Matt Ritchie, who was our best player. See, if you weren't playing well, he would take you off. See, if you weren't doing well in training, you wouldn't play. And how I many, think that's the best manager. <laughs> <laughs> you want another one? <laughs> if we'd a pound for every time, honestly, God. Just to go back, we, we, we started this section of the programme. We're just going to finish off talking about Unai Emery. And you said there, Faz, that you know, even this early days could be numbered if he doesn't come up with a, a, a plan B. Have you ever gone into a coaching job or seen a manager come into a club that you've been, been playing at and thought, no, this just isn't, this just isn't going to happen? I don't think you ever think that as a as a coach because generally when you go into a coach's job, um, you're taking over a club that's not on the way up. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, you're, you're taking over something that's not been doing particularly well. So you just need to try and go in and galvanise enthusiasm. You know, make sure they start enjoying themselves again. It becomes a happier place. I think it, when you get to the point, it's it's generally once you've done something in a club, you've been there maybe a year, a year and a half, or two years, or whatever it is. And you get a sense of this isn't working anymore, this isn't happening here. That they're not buying into this. The spirit's no right. The club's no right. There's things going on in the background. That's when it tends to actually kick in. It's it's rare for you to go into a club initially and go, no, I don't fancy this. Mm-hmm. If you had a manager or a coach sign that you've come in, you thought pretty quickly, mm, well, no, he's he's no good. He's no for us. Well, to be Paul Hartley, how are me? Um, I, had, I was used to guys that would scream at me all the time, which I probably needed, which probably more a flaw on my part than it is on the manager's part. Um, but after the first couple of weeks, I just knew that I couldn't really play under Paul Hartley, you know. Great guy, well, not a great guy, but a good guy. Um, but just our relationship never really worked. I uh, didn't think he understood how much I laugh I like to hear, which is probably, again, my fault. Uh, didn't really get it, didn't take it. Um, and I always liked a man, as I say, to tell us, Exactly how I played, or have you had a problem coming to us? And 
just kind of were quite distant from each other after being quite close when I was at Celtic cool. playing uh, but just as a manager player just kind of never kind of worked it's interesting tune in, sorry just tune, tune in next week uh, Simon's got a, a sit down with Paul Hartley <laughs> but, uh, on his, uh, his open goal plan I've seen, seen him at the end of last season it would be really interesting <laughs> to get Paul's take on you by the way oh, but, uh, I, I, I probably <laughs> wasn't my fault it's actually really interesting that because see as a manager and a coach you, you're saying there that it was your fault because of the way you are but see as a manager and a coach you need to get to understanding how your players are because they're all different pick. they're all different mm-hmm. so if you if you need a pat in the back or you need a scream then that's what you have to get so managers and coaches need to understand that that's the way players are the player probably won't change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get a player who's all of a sudden coming to 28 and they'll go oh wait a minute I'm going to do it this way they don't change so you need to find a way to change within yourself thinking okay how can I deal with this player mm-hmm. that makes it better that makes him contribute better to the team or you say, listen, I'm sorry, we're not going to get on here. You need to go. Uh-huh. And that's the only way you can deal yeah. with it. I always think, if I go away, I'm just being a bit too long and get uh, too grumpy. But I, I, I think players, particularly nowadays in the past five, six years, get away with murder. And the thing that I hate is you can't criticise them in public because mm-hmm. you lose mm-hmm. them. You think, well, if I was a player or an like employee that. of anything, uh-huh. exactly, you'd actually see what? The manager's got a point. I'm going to show them rather than going to a. a a huff, but mm-hmm. tell me if he's wanting to open up, going back to your playing days, Faz, and you're still a player. Simon, have you ever, you know, unconsciously as a group or an individual thought, Do you know what, I don't like this guy. We'll have him at, we'll have him at the door before he gets rid of us. Uh, there was times at Swindon the boys wanted to get rid of the canal. The older boys especially couldn't couldn't hack it. Uh, but we were winning, so you kind of thought, it's balancing it. You managed to turn them against but it. But the thing is, see, leave my man alone. See, <laughs> see, if you, see, if you went against him, you'd beat the door yourself. So yeah. it's hard. Um, I would never want a manager against that. But the thing with Jimmy Mack, after every game, he tells exa- everyone, he goes around everyone every game and tells you how you've done. I love that. I, I think as a Jim player. Jim Mack and Ali, that is a Peterhead. Uh, as a player, I, I think there's nothing worse than no knowing what your manager, how he thinks you're doing. I hated that. Mm-hmm. I hated p- finishing a game. And then on a Monday or Tuesday, wouldn't they get pulled and tell you how he done it at the weekend? Because you're always wondering, did he think I'd done well? Mm-hmm. I, I, I love to know as a player, whether it's good or bad, whether the manager thinks I, I've done well. Are you the same now? No, it didn't bother me. Did it not now? No, I just, I kind of knew myself. I was uh-huh. very, um, I was a team player. And I knew that I was kind of limited in, in my ability and what I was able to do. So I, I generally knew whether or not I had played well. Um and the managers that I ever played under, very few of them ever gave me any stick. Because I think they kind of recognised that as well. You know, they would know that if I'd not played well, I'd, I'd know I wouldn't have played well. They knew you had connections in Dennis as well. <laughs> well, it always helps, it always helps. <laughs> anyway, listen, we're going around off. We've had a brilliant programme today, thoroughly enjoyed it. 50 minutes of great stuff from Simon Ferry and Davey Farrell. And obviously, if you've been listening closely and reading between the lines, I know Davey likes that We phrase you'd get the drift at uh, Simon Ferry just needs to be loved by his manager so <laughs> Faz and I are off to give Simon a Cuddles. right good cuddle and a kiss and make him feel wanted because he's got a big game tonight in the Challenge Cup I'm not for, for Peter Head I'll just go with it <laughs> and uh, we wish him all the best but join in next week I know you've enjoyed it and have a good weekend and before we go to wish our three clubs in Europe Celtic Rangers and Hibs all the very best we'll see you next week Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.